premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Rusiello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Hey there, folks. This is Joe Russiello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And you know, folks, as always, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, it's always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast and our Thursday night Bible study. Well, folks, I hope you guys had a great week so far. Now, I know we're getting a little bit of a late start tonight, but uh, I, I told you a couple of weeks ago that we had a work commitment that we had to take care of this evening. But even though it's 9 o'clock, two hours later here in the uh, central time zone uh, than we normally would be broadcasting, uh, we are still here live for you. Now, I hope you guys were able to make it out to this event that we had over at Maverick Nursing and Rehab today. Um, it was a really nice event, a lot of fun, music, uh, lots of goodies and food and, uh, and a lot of activities for the kids. It was a great event. And uh, so I just hope you, hope you were able to make it out to that and uh, show your support for a local nursing facility. Uh, now, even though we're, uh, getting a little late start here today, um, I just want to, you know, I just hope that you guys have been enjoying and getting a real blessing from our study of the book of revelation. I know it's, it's, it's a lot of heavy material and, uh, some of the stuff that we've been covering, you might not have heard before, uh, especially if you're in one of those mainstream denominational churches, uh, you're not going to get a lot of the stuff that, that we're going to be covering even more so as we get further into the book. But, uh, so far, uh, last week in chapter 5, we covered pretty much all of the activity around the throne of God immediately following the rapture. Now tonight, we're going to get into chapter 6 and uh, the opening of the seals and all the trouble that follows to the inhabitants of the earth and all the activity that's taking place on the earth at that time. But before we get into tonight's Bible study, I'm going to ask you to do two things. First of all, would you please visit our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And when you get there, why don't you head over to our contact section and send us off a message. You can let us know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, cares, or concerns that you might have. And also, don't forget to send over your prayer requests. I love getting your prayer requests. I look forward to it. I love taking the time during my private devotional time with the Lord, my quiet time with the Lord, to pray over the things that you guys uh, send over to me, and, and of course, to bring them before the, uh, the SOTS podcast family. 
So it's a real blessing for us. So please don't forget to send them over. Now, I know that some people don't like to use the web forms, and that's fine. I'm not really a big fan of them either. Uh, but that's why we set up the email address for you. So you could always email them to, email them to me directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Sorry, folks, I'm a little tired tonight. Now, also, while you're on the website, would you please also look for the Support This Podcast button? And when you find it, would you please consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution? You can set it up for $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. Now, I know the economy's tight for everybody right now. It might be a little hard to commit yourself to a monthly recurring contribution, and I understand that. Uh, but you could also make a one-time contribution, and if you're interested in doing that, all you need to do is click on the Waygiver button, or you can scan the Cash App QR code, which is on our website as well. So no matter how you go about it, folks, just pray about it, and if the Lord leads you to do it, if these podcasts and these live shows have been a blessing to you in any way, and if you'd like to become an active part of this ministry, your contribution will go a very long way, and I would be extremely thankful for it. Now, first of all, and uh, first and foremost, I want to thank the Lord for giving me this tremendous opportunity to, uh, to, to serve Him in this particular type of ministry. It's a real blessing for me to be able to do this, and I hope it's a blessing for you as well. And uh, it, it's just something that uh, you know, the Lord knew that I've been, that's been on my heart for quite some time, and uh, I am just so very thankful uh, that uh, he's allowed me to do this. It's a real blessing again. And, uh, of course, um, more than anything else, I want to say thank you to the Lord for saving me. You know, I 23 years ago, I, I turned my heart over to the Lord Jesus Christ. I put him in charge of my soul. I put him in charge of every aspect of my life. And uh, it's something that uh, it, it just, it's just the most amazing experience the most absolute amazing experience when you know for a certain fact that you went from a destination in hell to a destination in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's truly an amazing, an amazing thing that takes place, this new birth, being born again. It's an amazing experience. It's something that uh, you will never, ever, ever look back on and regret making that decision. And it's a decision that only you can make. It's not your church. It's not your baptism. It's not your giving. It's not praying to saints. It's not praying to Mary or a pope. It's not, uh, it's not uh, you know, giving money to the poor. It's not paying a tithe. It's nothing that you can do ever will earn you a place in heaven. The only way you can get to heaven right now is by putting your full faith, trust, and confidence in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you've been paying attention to our studies, in the book of Revelation particularly, it is so important for you to understand that right now. Because when the rapture takes place and the church is taken out, the dispensation changes. The, the way of salvation changes. It goes from simply believing to faith and works. And you're going to have to work hard and endure to the end in order to get saved. 
And we're going to cover a lot of that in today's, in today's Bible study. So we'll uh, get into that momentarily. Now, I also want to say thank you to all of you who support us prayerfully. God bless you for your prayers. Thank you so much for them. It really is an encouragement to me to get those, uh, get those little notes from you telling me that you're praying for my family, you're praying for the ministry here, you're praying for me. Uh, please keep praying for us. It's, it's, it truly does work, and it's been a, a real support and encouragement for me. I also want to say thank you to all of you who already support us financially. God bless you for that as well. And uh, please uh, just understand that I don't pocket a simple, pe- a single penny that uh, comes in through your financial support. Everything that comes in goes right back out. And uh, I am so thankful for it because we've been able to do a tremendous amount with it. And uh, so God bless you for it. I also want to say thank you to all of our listeners, every single one of you who listen in faithfully, every single show that we put out, anytime we're live uh, broadcasting. Thank you so much for uh, your support in that way, and God bless you for it. Please continue to do that. Uh, we are currently sitting in five number one spots on the Good Pods platform, which is my favorite platform you know, by far. And it doesn't matter where we would be on that chart because it, it wouldn't matter at all. I love the platform. I love what they're doing uh, for us smaller independent podcasts. Uh, you know, we can't really compete with uh, those those podcasts that have hundreds of thousands of dollars in budget or millions of dollars in budget or have uh, deep corporate support. We don't have any of that stuff. And uh, I am just so thankful. Uh, and that's because of you. That's because of your plays and your downloads and uh, your sharing it. So thank you so very much for it. Please keep it up. Please continue to do it. But folks, wherever it is that you're listening, whatever platform it is you're on, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your families, and your followers. That way you'll help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, how about some announcements? Right, folks, just want to invite you to our Sermon Sunday broadcast. That'll be, Lord willing, this coming Sunday at 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, right here live on Spreaker, or you can head over to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and you can listen on the uh, Spreaker player, which is on our website homepage. That's Sermon Sunday at 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, next Thursday evening, our Thursday night Bible study will be going back to our original time at 7 p.m. Central and 8 p.m. Eastern. So we hope to see you there as well, and we will be continuing our study in the book of Revelation, and we'll be getting into, uh, if we finish tonight in chapter 6, we'll be getting into chapter 7. If not, we'll just continue on with chapter 6 next week, Lord willing. Now, folks, if you are in the Eagle Pass area and you are looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, why don't you consider paying us a visit over at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our worship service begins at 11 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study meets at 7 p.m. 
For more information, all you need to do is visit the church's Facebook page. Just log into Facebook and search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. And once you get there, you'll find lots of really helpful information, and you'll also find episodes of this podcast. I also want to take a moment and just say thank you to the folks at First Baptist Church for allowing us to post our show on the church's Facebook page. Uh, And also, of course, to say thank you to my pastor and my friend, John Monk, uh, also for his his unending support and his encouragement, his prayers, and for uh, also allowing us to post the show on the church's Facebook page. Now, folks, if you are interested in prepping, I would love to introduce you to the Contra Radio Network. The Contra Radio Network is a single podcast housing nearly a dozen talented podcast and vidcast hosts and artists from around the country who release content daily. The CRN podcast releases 15 to 20 shows a week depending on current events, and no issues are off-limits to any of these patriots. Hey, you want a breakdown of current events? Got it. You want to know more about preparedness and self-sufficiency? Got it. You want a guy driving around ranting like a lunatic? For some reason, we've got that too. You want to hear about politics, news, Bible studies, sports, camping, firearms, and more? The Contra Radio Network has it all covered in spades. You can find the Contra Radio Network at www.crn.best. That's www.crn.best. And you can also find them find them on all of your major podcasting platforms. That's the Contra Radio Network. Look forward to seeing you there. Folks, don't forget to sign up for the programming announcement subscription, uh, which is um, a web form on our website. You could just fill that out, get on the mailing list, and anytime there's a change to the show, whether it's a time change like this one, whether it's uh, a guest or uh, an interview show or whatever the change might be, we'll be sending out a programming announcement uh, through that email list. Uh, a lot can happen during the course of the week in between the shows. You know, we broadcast live on Sunday and Thursday, and, um, you know, a lot can happen in those days. So uh, the only way we could really reach you is through the email list. So why don't you get on the list? That's uh, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Look for the programming su- announcement subscription box on the website. Fill it out, get on the list, and stay in the know. All right, last but not least, uh, just wanted to invite you, since you'll be on the website, check out the Sword Swag section. If you would like one of these really neat Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mugs, well, you can get one for a $25 contribution. Uh, All you need to do is head on over to the website, click that info button on the Sword Swag section, and uh, let, let me know what it is you're looking for and your contact information. I will send you the link to where you could make your contribution, and we will get it sent out to you right away. I did not forget I have to do my slurp in my Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mug, and we are having a uh, Starbucks iced coffee tonight in our coffee mug. Mm. Really good. So good. All right, also uh, on the Sword Swag section, uh, if you would want one of these really nice Sword of the Spirit podcast t-shirts like the one I'm wearing right now, the only place to get it is on the Sword Swag section of our website. And you can have this really nice t-shirt for a contribution of $35. Again, just hit the info button, let me know what you need, 
your mailing information, and then I will send you the link to where you can make your contribution. So just head on over there, folks, and it will be great to see you there. All right. Well, that brings us to the uh, first uh, quick break of the evening for us. And when we come back, we'll be getting into our prayer request. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers, and help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. We'll be back right after this. Don't you go away. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening!
He does. He lives. He lives. He lives. Figured that would be an appropriate song considering we're coming into Palm Sunday this week. And uh, just want to remind you for the, our Sermon Sunday broadcast, we'll be having a uh, Palm Sunday message. We'll be talking about the triumphal entry. And uh, we're looking forward to that. I've uh, been working on it for a couple of days now, and I'm really excited to bring it to you. The Lord showed me a few things in it. And Really excited to bring it to you. So uh, don't forget to tune in on uh, Sunday at 3 p.m. Central Time for our Sermon Sunday broadcast, and we'll be talking about the triumphal entry. All right, folks. Well, it's about that time for us to get into our prayer requests. Now, since it is Bible study Thursday night, we don't get into uh, the uh, complete list uh, line by line uh, as we normally would on a Sunday. Uh, so uh, we always do open up our prayer requests with those prayer requests for salvation. And so uh, our list hasn't changed uh, in the last couple of weeks. We're still praying for my mom, Diane. We're praying for my sister, Laura. We're praying for David. We're praying for the, all the unsaved members of the Baldino family. We're play, praying for uh, a woman named Jackie. We're praying for Manuel's mother. And we're also praying for Sharon. Salvation is the most important decision, folks. You have to make this decision at some point. You can, either re- you can either reject it, and you do that by not making a decision or just flat out rejecting the gospel, uh, or you can accept the gift, the free gift of salvation that was provided to you by the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not, it really shouldn't be such a hard decision to make. You know, a lot of folks seem to think that, you know, uh, you know, when I die, I'm going to go to hell and I'm going to hang out with my buddies. No, you're not. You're not. There's no parties in hell. It's not, uh, it's not sitting around the poker table with the cigars and the booze and the women and, and, and all that stuff while, uh, you know, you're just having a grand old time. That's not that at all, my friends. It's not that at all. Hell is the worst place imaginable. Hell is an eternal burning fire. Hell is eternally separated from the light of God. It's not a place that you want to go. And I'm begging you, please don't go there. That decision is in your hands and your hands alone. I can't make you make that decision. And even though the Lord can, he doesn't. He gives you the choice because he wants you to make that choice out of your own love and your own heart for him. Because if he made you get saved or if he chose you to get saved and, you know, that's a doctrine that we'll get into at some point uh, along our studies, uh, that makes you an automaton. You're doing it only because you were you had no choice, and it doesn't work that way. God gave you a choice. God gave you a free will. So the ball's in the in your court. The ball's in your hand. You can 
turn me off and any other presentation of the gospel, and you can walk away from it and not do a thing with it, and you'll end up in hell. Or you can listen to what the Bible says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, God has said it so many times, over and over and over again in his book, in his written word. You know, anytime God repeats something so many times, it's for a reason. He wants you to know that. He wants you to understand it. So why don't you get saved today? Just put your pride aside. There is nothing that you have to do that's more important than making that decision. Heavenly Father, we want to pray for all of those tonight that are under the sound of my voice that don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Father, we just pray that you would just move in them, that you would use uh, the, the, the lesson that we have tonight to maybe scare the hell out of them and that they would get saved. Father, we lift up my, my mom, Diane. She needs to get saved. My sister, Laura. David, up in New York City. We're praying for all of the members of the, all the unsaved members of the Baldino family. We're praying for this, uh, this woman, Jackie, to get saved. We're praying for Manuel's mother to get saved. We're praying for Sharon to get saved. Father, we just commit them to you. We ask you, God, just to work in them, draw them to yourself, that they would utter those words and ask the Lord Jesus Christ to cleanse them of their sin, to acknowledge that they're sinners on their way to hell and that they need to be saved. And that the only way that they can be saved, Lord, is to acknowledge the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, to accept the gift that was provided for them. Father, I just pray this, and I ask this all in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, uh, going down our sick list. So uh, before we get into the, uh, the, the sick list, I do have a praise that I'd like to, to bring to you that I learned about um, earlier today. Uh, we had been praying for Mario Martinez, uh, who had a heart condition and was laid up in the hospital. And uh, I was informed today by his daughter, Sarah, that um, he is now home with his family. He's doing well. And uh, she, wanted to, uh, she wanted to say thank you to all of us for the prayers that we had sent forth. So uh, we are very happy, and we are very pleased, and we want to praise the Lord. So Heavenly Father, we praise you, Lord, for 
allowing Mario Martinez to head back home with his family. And Lord, we thank you that you gave us the opportunity to pray for him. And uh, we're thankful, Lord, that you heard our prayers and uh, the prayers of many others as well that have been praying for him. And Lord, we're just thankful that he's home. And Lord, we just pray that you would continue to strengthen him so that he could have more time with his family. And Lord, we'll just want to thank you and we love you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, that's always great when you have that kind of news, amen? It's always great when you can take someone off a prayer list because of answered prayer. What a blessing that is. So we're going to pray for Danny also. Danny is a six-year-old young man uh, who uh, is going to have his arm amputated. Uh, I'm sorry, who is, who is possibly going to have his arm amputated due to an accident. So we're praying that the, uh, that, that the Lord wouldn't allow that to happen. We're also praying for... Um, for uh, Pastor Martin, who has a heart condition and uh, who has terribly poor vision and uh, uh, who has a, a number of other ailments that, are, uh, that, uh, that, that set him back from serving the Lord. And for some reason, my dogs are barking like crazy in the background, so I just want to apologize for that. Uh, so we're going to pray for Pastor Martin. Uh, we're also praying for uh, Hezekiah, uh, who went to uh, San Antonio this week with his family for a biopsy. Mary Perez, uh, who's battling cancer. Uh, for praying for my mom, who's uh, laid up in a rehab center right now and recovering well with COVID, and we're thankful for that as well. Uh, my sister Laura for a slip disc in her back. Uh, sister Bernice, uh, who's been uh, struggling with cancer and a new treatment that she's working on. We're also praying for uh, Bernice's mom, uh, who is also uh, struggling with cancer, and uh, she is waiting uh, for some word on some medications that she'll be taking. We're praying for Janae as well with a heart condition. Uh, we're also praying for Furman, who is in the, in the hospital with cancer, and uh, we're praying that, uh, that the Lord would touch him and, and help him get placed in a uh, good nursing and rehabilitation center up where he is. We're also praying for Sharon Baldino, who is uh, battling cancer as well, Martin Mata, who is uh, battling lymphoma, and also for Daniel Villarreal, who, is, uh, who has been diagnosed with leukemia. So, Heavenly Father, we want to pray for all of those on our sick list today. We ask you, Father God, that you would continue to touch them, Lord, that you would bring grace, that you would bring healing, and Father God, that uh, we would rejoice in being able to remove someone from this uh, prayer list uh, because, of a, because of a healing. And Lord, we want to thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, moving on down the list here, we're going to be praying for my brother-in-law Jude and his business uh, and as a contractor up in New York and for his traveling. Uh, we want to pray for travel mercies for him. Federico Salinas, we're praying for Brother Salinas and and his, uh, his next steps in his life and career. We're praying for Angel in her pregnancy. We're praying for Alex and uh, his, his job. Alex is her husband. We're pray, praying for Alex Herrera for his walk with the Lord. We're praying also for a hedge of protection around him. And uh, we're praying that the Lord will give him clarity in his thoughts, that he would be able to make the proper decisions for his dad, Furman. Uh, Alex is also praying for his dad and asked for prayer for his dad that the that the Lord would allow him to, uh, to heal and would allow him to survive up to the rapture. And we're also praying for uh, Brother Hector 
his wife, Sister Melina, and their little boy, Hezekiah, on, uh, on getting the results for the uh, test that they went through up in San Antonio. And then we also have our unspoken prayer requests. We were praying for Eduardo Rodriguez. We're praying for Larissa. We're praying for Hector, Manuel, Angela, and, of course, for myself. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for, uh, for all of those on our prayer list. Lord, we also want to thank you, Lord, that you are the God of answered prayer. Father, we just commit every single person on this list tonight to you. We ask you, Lord God, that you would just answer each prayer according to your perfect will for us and for our lives. And Father, we just continue to pray as well for uh, those that, are on, that have the unspoken prayer requests. Lord, that uh, you know exactly what those prayers, prayer needs are, and Lord, that you, will, you can and you would answer them according to your will. Father, we thank you so much for all the love and the mercy and the grace that you have shown us. And we ask you, Lord, to please bless the rest of this day, rest the rest of the night ahead of us. We ask you to bless the, uh, the Bible study as we open up your word and we try to glean something from it that we could apply to our everyday life and to bring out into the world with us. And Lord, we just thank you so much for everything. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, folks, now if you have any prayer requests whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them over to us. You can email me directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Also, uh, if you uh, would rather use the web form, just visit our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and you could uh, contact us through there. All right, uh, no uh, listener questions to to ask or answer today, no birthdays to announce, and uh, that basically means that we're going to take our second break of the evening, and that'll give you a chance to go get your King James Bible, grab yourself a cup of coffee, maybe a bottle of water, and then when we get back, we're going to get into tonight's Bible study in Revelation chapter number six. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. If you are in, uh, if you are logged into Spreaker, you have an active Spreaker account. Why don't you jump on into our chat room and say hello? And um, I think that covers just about everything. Oh yeah, if you can, uh, if you are on Good Pods, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere where you can leave a five star review, why don't you crush that button for us and uh, get us up there in the search algorithms with those reviews. All right, folks, uh, once again, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and we'll be right back after this. Don't you go away.
This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. Amen, amen, and amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello. And, uh, you know, when you hear that, that means that it's time for us to open up our King James Bibles. And uh, we are going to be getting into episode 81 in just a moment. Heavenly Father, we want to ask you to please, Lord, bless the study, the reading, the teaching, and the preaching of your word. Help us, Father God, to... Uh, apply what we're learning tonight to our lives. Father, help us to completely understand what you have here before us in this amazing chapter in Revelation chapter 6. Father God, we commit the night to you. We ask you to bless it as we go ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Revelation chapter 6. Now, basically what... uh, when we started this, we went through uh, chapters 2 and 3. We went through uh, uh, the churches. Uh, then we got into chapter 4 and chapter 5, and we dealt with, of course, what the scene in heaven would be, will be, uh, and what happens there immediately after the rapture. You know, believe it or not, the book of Revelation is laid out more chronologically than most people give it credit for. The whole Bible is, actually. It really is. And you have to keep that in mind. So... You know, we have the churches in chapters 2 and 3. Then we have the rapture in chapter 4. We have the scene in heaven in uh, following uh, the rapture in chapter 5. And then here in chapter 6, we have what's taking place on earth immediately thereafter. So Revelation chapter 6 and verse 1. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And behold, and I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Now, some of the commentators have a hard time with this, and they do their absolute dead-level best to make the rider on the white horse Jesus Christ. Because, after all, in Revelation chapter 19, Jesus Christ comes on a white horse. 
Now, this is obviously not Jesus Christ because it doesn't meet any of the other criteria. The only common denominator is the white horse. That's all. Between Revelation 19 and Revelation 6. And, and what you have here is a classic picture of, in the first seal, of the Antichrist rising to power. Now, it's really interesting to notice, and I want you to look at this thing. It says, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow. Now, I want you to notice there are no arrows mentioned. Now, when Jesus Christ returns in Revelation 19, he has a sword. This rider has a bow. No arrows. Well, why no arrows? Because he comes in peace. The sign of the ancient bowman is that, uh, you know, that two-finger peace sign. You know, you see that V, right? That's the sign of the ancient bowman. Now, how many of you have ever seen a picture of the Pope giving that sign? Politicians. You know, basically, you know, inadvertently perhaps, but basically they're giving, giving allegiance to the Antichrist, you know, to his theme, to his power, to his agenda. So he comes with a bow, with a mark, the sign of the bowman. And a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. So now the idea of the thing is, he comes with no arrows. That is, he, he conquers, but he conquers nations peacefully. So it's not a military effort in the beginning that he conquers nations with. After the church has been raptured out, the way will be opened up for the Antichrist to triumph. And you get some of the details about that in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. There'll be a false peace temporarily as he unifies Europe and makes his pact with the Jews. And, you know, what we're seeing right now in the European theater is the process of events that have to take place to fulfill the scripture. And they're coming together at a really rapid pace. It's an incredible pace. It's astounding, even to those of us who kind of expected it to happen, you know. When the Lord, and I'm telling you, when the Lord decides to do something, boy, man, does he do it. So the whole thing is just flying together. And what's happening is Europe is going to be put in such a political climate and situation that the only thing that's going to pull them together will be a mutually agreed upon dictator. I mean, they're already saying it over there. I mean, have you been listening? Listen to what Macron had to say. And then uh, King Charles has said that. Several others have said that privately and publicly. You know, they said what we're looking for is a genuine leader. Up steps the Antichrist. Now, if you look at Europe, you know, in the broadest scenario, what Europe is, is the revived Roman Empire. And that's exactly what the Bible forecasts. You know, and we kind of talked about this a little bit on our Sunday sermon. So uh, if you haven't listened to it, you should go back and listen to it. Uh, so that's exactly what the Bible forecasts. The old Roman Empire would revive politically. So spiritual Rome, that is the Roman Catholic Church. And political Rome will work hand in hand. And then they'll bring that thing to pass. And that's what's actually happening. You know, and lots of comments can be made on that. Now, if he, if he, now he's going to end up making a pact with the Jews, with Israel. So let's look over in 1 Thessalonians and chapter 5. And uh, we'll get a little better picture of this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now, isn't it interesting that we have uh, a, a huge world that we live and operate in, and perpetually, perpetually, the real hotspot that's always in the forefront of the news is the Middle East. 
And it's been that way my, my entire lifetime. In 1947, all the emphasis was on the Middle East. In 1948, the United Nations declared Israel to be a national entity. Now, how many wars have, have there been between the Arabs and the Israelis? I mean, obviously, skirmishes go on daily, but I mean major ones. There was one in 1956. There was one in 1967. There was one in 1973. There was one in 1981. Then, of course, you had the two Persian Gulf things that had a great effect in bringing them into the theater as it, as it was. You never get away now, I mean, every once in a while, the emphasis will go away for a little while, you know, but it always ends up coming back to the same place. You know, the hot ticket right now is Ukraine and Russia, but it always comes back to the same place. It keeps coming back. They're just not going to get away from it. And so world leaders are finally going to say, you know, we got to iron out this Arab-Israeli problem. You know, we got to fix this thing. Now, why did you not hear that kind of emphasis on other problems in the world? You know, when was the last time that you heard the U.N. trying to fix a problem between the Basque and the Spaniards? You probably don't even know who the Basque are, right? I mean, they've been fighting each other for thousands, thousands of years over there. You know, when is the problem, when has the U.N. ever said, you know, let's solve the problem in North Ireland? You know, when has the U.N. ever said that, you know, we're going to work to solve the problem between Ukraine and Russia. Have you heard them say that? I haven't. So do you see what I'm saying? Where's the emphasis? It's always, always about the Middle East. The emphasis is always on Israel, the Jew. You just can't get away from it. All right, now 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 1, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. All right, so this particular day, notice what's immediately before chapter 5 and verse 1. What's before is chapter 4, verses 13 to 18. Well, what's that? Well, that's the rapture. Is the rapture of the church. Now, immediately after the rapture, you have folks running around saying what? Peace and safety. Peace and safety. So what the Antichrist does is come in, and for a very short period of time, he creates an illusion of peace. He comes on a platform of peace. He's you know, swept into office, as it were, on a platform of peace. And it doesn't last very long. It doesn't last very long. All right, let's go back to Revelation chapter 6. Revelation chapter 6. Now, immediately after he establishes peace, peace, uh, you know, got to kind of get things lined out. And, and by the way, by the way, and here's another verse we need to look at before we go on to the second seal. Uh, go over to John chapter 5 for a second. John chapter 5. This is a good verse. This is a really good verse. John chapter 5. I mean, aren't you glad that you listen to a Bible-believing podcast? <laughs> I mean, think about it, right? This is an exciting book. It really is. It's an exciting book. I mean, and that's where the emphasis ought to be. You know, not on a preacher's dog, you know, not on, not, on, uh, uh, not on a preacher's dog and pony story or anything like that, all right? Uh, the emphasis shouldn't be on anything other than the book. John chapter 5, verse 43. I am come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. If another shall come in, my, come in his own name, him ye will receive. <laughs> 
Well, there it is. You know what that is? That's Revelation chapter 6, verse 1 and verse 2. It's a fulfillment of Jesus' own prophecy. He says, I'm, I come in my Father's name, and you won't receive me. Another one will come in his own name, and you will receive him. All right, now, the Antichrist is the great imitator, and I want you to think about this. Let's see if we can think about some of the parallels of imitation between the devil and the Lord. Now, one we have before us, you know, the Lord comes on a white horse, the Antichrist comes on a white horse. All right, the Antichrist is assassinated in Revelation chapter 13 and is resurrected just like the Lord was. All right, there's a, there's a, a satanic trinity in Revelation 13, and we'll get to that, but briefly, here's what that is. It's the devil, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. That's the satanic trinity. All right, another one. God sends a flood and wipes them out in Genesis chapter 6, and the devil tries to wipe out the Jew with a flood in Revelation chapter 12 and in Daniel chapter 9. All right, Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. The devil is called the Prince of the Power of the Air. The devil is called the God of this world. Jesus said, I am the light. The devil is called an angel of light. And how about this? Jesus is called the lion of the tribe of Judah. The devil is called a lion that walketh about seeking whom he may devour. They're both called lions. Do you see that thing there? And what the Bible is showing you is that the devil is the chief imitator. And those were just a few. I mean, there are absolutely dozens and dozens as you really search your Bible. So the imitation is good. It's really good. All right, let's go back to Revelation chapter 6. Revelation chapter 6 and verse 4. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. All right, so we've got four horses here. All right, we have a white one, a red one, a black one, and a pale one as we go through. All right, and, uh, you know, I've seen artist renditions of this. You know, they're, they're called the four horsemen of the apocalypse. This particular horse is red. It's a red horse. And, of course, what's being indicated here is that uh, the worldwide peace won't last long. For men are saying peace and safety, and then all of a sudden all kinds of war breaks loose, you know, because red is the picture of blood. Red is the picture of blood. And all that's going on down through Revelation chapter 6 is a very, very close parallel to Matthew chapter 24. So why don't you put a bookmark here, and let's uh, flip back and forth and see what the parallels are, all right? This is how you learn, comparing Scripture with Scripture. All right, Matthew 24 and verse 5. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Now that matches up with the ultimate I am Christ deceiver in the Antichrist in verses 1 and 2. All right, and I want you to notice something else here. I want you to notice the chronological order. Uh, verse 6. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. 
All right, so what's he talking about? Well, he's talking about war. Red is a color associated with terror, war, and death. So we have this red horse, Revelation 6. Now, interestingly, we have a red dragon in Revelation 12, and we have a red beast in Revelation 17, which are all a picture of the devil and his activity. And, you know, know, the traditional cartoon artists, you know, they portray the devil as a guy in a red suit with the horns, the tail, the pitchfork, and all that stuff, right? Why isn't he blue? (laughs) Why isn't he green or white? It's always what? It's always red. Amen? Phenomenal war is going to break out. Now, it really wouldn't take much to put the whole world at a civil war. It really wouldn't take much at all. I mean, think about it. You shut down the food supplies, and this whole country would fall into a civil war. Guaranteed. In five days, you can put the whole land into civil war. So that wouldn't really be any big deal. God gives the Antichrist authority to take peace from the earth. And this is all part of his plan. And he exchanges the arrowless bow for a great sword, and men begin to kill each other. And all of this indicates clearly that the method of international agreement and debate will not bring lasting peace. All right, now let's notice the next thing in Matthew 24. And there shall be famines. Okay, so the next thing here is a famine. Now let's go back to Revelation 6. Revelation 6. All right, verse 5. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld, and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. All right, so what's being described here is famine. It's famine, a black horse, great poverty. Now, notice the guy riding this horse has a pair of balances in his hands. A pair of balances like, you know, like you would weigh food in. You see? It's a scale that you would weigh food in. Well, what's he weighing out? All right, look at verse 6, the next verse. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts saying, a measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny. All right, now a measure is probably somewhere around like a quart like a quart jar. And, uh, and now a penny in your Bible is a day's wages. So the idea of the thing is, is, is things are going to get so bad that people are going go, to be basically spending about a whole day's wages on a quart jar of wheat. Or if they want a lesser grade grain, they can get three quarts of barley for the same price. So that's how bad things are going to get. You know, barley isn't something typical that too many people eat. They consider that more of an animal food, right? I mean, look at your dry dog food ingredients. Most of them use barley as the majority of the ingredient. All right, so there's a tremendous famine that's right around the corner. Have you been watching the news? Have you been seeing all the food processing plants that have been getting taken out? These... uh strange, unaccounted-for fires that have broken out in all these food processing facilities and all these, these farms. and I mean, experts are predicting food shortages, you know? And the world is set up for it, man. The world is set up for it. All right? Let's look back at Revelation chapter 6. All right? Revelation chapter 6. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. All right, now, 
there are two possible applications to that phrase. Two possible applications. Number one, the first application is, is that the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. So in other words, oil and wine are uh, something that are deemed to be a luxury. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. The rich, in this particular time of great distress, get richer. Get richer. Well, how? Well, they're profiteering, as they always have. They get richer, and the poor get poorer. So there's a handful that are doing okay. They're doing fine. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And the majority of the people are suffering greatly. The majority of the people are suffering greatly. All right? Now, the other application is the biggest export historically from Israel has been oil and wine. Now, not oil like motor oil. Oil is in olive oil, you know, cooking oil, eating oil. So it, it, it could be an indicator that the Antichrist, who established a covenant with Israel, and he doesn't break the covenant until midterm of the tribulation, at this stage, this point is protecting Israel. Even though the rest of the war is, is, in, is in this, the world is in this uh, phenomenal, chaotic condition with wars everywhere, which would you know, help them put their confidence in him. That would be an incentive and a motivation for them. Now, what exactly the application is, I, I honestly don't know. All right? I'm just being honest with you. There's nothing wrong with saying I don't know. And in this particular situation, I don't. I don't know what the application is. But uh, those are the two possibilities that I can see. So, you know, sometimes we say that, you know, that, that sometimes they, they, you know, you know, just take your pick. <laughs> okay, just take your pick. Uh, and you know, actually, when you think about it, though, when you think about it, it really could apply both ways, even. But the point is, though, things are only going to get worse, and I, I guarantee you, it won't be pretty. All right, let's look at the next seal. Now, um, the next seal here. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that horror movies are made out of. You know, and these are the kind of things that uh, Hollywood has been producing for years. You know, uh, and it all really comes out of this seal. All right, verse 7. And he opened the fourth seal, and I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death, and hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword, and with hunger, and with death, and with the beasts of the earth. All right, now, as a result of all of these other horses, death comes. And this is the first time we're given any particular statistics. All right, in verse 4, we're told that they should kill one another. Then we're told down here in verse 8 that they have, the, they have power over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword. That's 25% of the population of the world. All right, so... Uh, the word pale in your Bible generally suggests kind of like um, like a greenish, leprous kind of color. And, and death rides this horse, and God gives him the authority to kill 25% of the population. Now, as we go on through here, and, and power was given unto them over a fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword and with hunger and with death and with, and with the beasts of the earth. All right, now... So what happens is 
wild beasts of the earth turn against man. Animals that, you know, were traditionally uh, fearful of man, that traditionally had a fear of man. And, you know, let's face it. I mean, you read about stuff, you know, you know, uh, a lion that attacks somebody, uh, you know, the bear that attacks somebody. You know, all of those are exceptions, but not the rule. You know, for every grizzly bear that attacks someone, there are 5,000 of them that run away from people. So you read about the exception, not the rule. The only bear that won't run from people, believe it or not, is a polar bear. And uh, he'll kind of sneak up on you and eat you. But uh, interestingly, there seems to be a little more inclination in that direction these days. Because, you know, you are hearing more and more of, of, uh, of animal attacks. Like uh, there was a mountain lion attack recently in the streets of suburban California, you know. What God's going to do in the tribulation, interestingly, just prior to the millennium, where he turns their nature completely around and he takes a carnivorous man-hunting animal and, you know, in the millennium he makes him a vegetarian. That's Isaiah chapter 11. You know, that's peace and God's mercy. But in God's wrath, in God's wrath, he's going to take all these animals and turn them loose on mankind. It's going to be a wild scene, man. It's going to be a wild scene. You'll have the bears and the lions, you know, and who knows what else will be coming out of the woods, walking down the streets, you know, of suburbia, you know, grabbing folks. And I'm telling you, I'm, I am, honestly, I am glad I'm not going to be here for that. You know, a domestic animal, he's tame and so on, but you, but you can also see in a domestic animal, for example, uh, like a bull, right? You know, great potential for harm. What's God going to do? turn them loose on mankind. And then, you know, you know, you get another indicator of that over in Ezekiel chapter 14. I think it's Ezekiel chapter 14. Uh, it's, I think it's Ezekiel 14 verse 21. You, you can look it up on your own uh, and let me know. Uh, so a terrible judgment awaits the Christ-rejecting world after the church is taken to heaven. Terrible judgments. All right, let's go back one more time to Matthew 24, and let's see how all this lines up. Matthew 24, so there's famines, and then what? Pestilences. Well, pestilences can be all kinds of things here. You know, that's, that's something that we've already indicated, you know, uh, and earthquakes in diverse places. So you can expect those things in the tribulation. All right, now let's go back to Revelation chapter 6. Revelation chapter 6. All right, in Revelation chapter 6. And we are going to take our last break of the evening here at this point. All right. Revelation chapter 6. Right. Okay. Folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Uh, we hope that you are getting a real blessing out of the study this evening in Revelation chapter 6. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ don't forget to smash that five-star review if you can. Uh, don't forget also to uh, check into the uh, Spreaker chat room for our show. Jump on in, say hello. Uh, we'll be right back after this, and we'll continue on with our lesson. Don't you go away. By the tomb of Buddha, looked inside and saw his bones. 
traveled on to see Muhammad still wrapped up in his grave clothes. Then I journeyed to a garden where old Joseph left him laid the precious lamb God's own begotten was no longer in that grave if you knew him like I know Can I trust in sights unseen? But just one step in His direction, then in love He ran to me. If you knew Him like I know, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound 
that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? I'll sing throughout eternity. Amazing grace, amazing love. Was it for crimes that I have done? He groaned upon the tree. Amazing pity, grace unknown, and love beyond degree. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? I'll sing throughout eternity. Amazing grace, amazing love. Amazing grace shall ever be my song of praise, my highest call. Love so amazing, so Amazing grace, amazing love. Amen to that. Amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello. It is great to be with you on this Thursday evening for our Thursday night Bible study. We are studying the book of Revelation, and we are currently in chapter 6. Now, uh, before we left off there, we had just gone back into... uh, we were talking about, uh, from Matthew 24, we were talking about earthquakes in diverse places, famines, pestilences, and, and the such. And, uh, you know, those are the four horses, you know, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And that's what's happening here. You know, and, and that's the tribulation that's just getting started. You know, just bust open and boom. Now, as we walk through, as I suggested to you before, God is going to walk us through the tribulation four times from chapter 4 to chapter 19. And uh, each time he walks us through this thing, it seems to just get worse and worse and worse. All right, uh, Revelation chapter 6, and let's pick it up in verse 9. And when he had opened the fifth seal, 
I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. All right, so these are obviously tribulation martyrs. And that's important. That's very important. You need to know that. Who are the souls in Revelation chapter 6, verse 9? They're tribulation martyrs. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? All right, now the Old Testament priest poured the blood of the sacrifice under the brazen altar. Since the blood speaks of life, we have the souls of the martyrs under the heavenly altar. These are people that were saved after the rapture, but paid for their, test- paid for their testimony with their lives. What these martyred saints do is they pray for vengeance. That's not unscriptural in, this, in that dispensation, all right? The dispensation that's to come. It's not unscriptural. It would be unscriptural for you and I to do that now in this dispensation, but it isn't for them. All right, now backing up. I saw under the altar the souls of them. John saw souls. So a soul can be seen in certain circumstances. A soul can be identified. John knew who they were. You know, you read about the same thing over in Revelation chapter 20, I believe. The souls of them that were martyred for Jesus under the altar of God. So a soul is an identifiable element. All right, now we've kind of gone through this before. You know, what does a soul look like? Well, a soul, the soul, looks like you. It's just an invisible thing. But to certain eyes, it's not invisible. A soul. In Luke chapter 16, in Luke chapter 16, the rich man dies, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torment. So the rich man's soul is in hell, but it can see, it can hear, it can touch, it can feel, you know, the whole thing, right? It can remember. So there's a soul that has a bodily shape, but it's not a body, but it has a bodily shape. Have you ever heard of something called phantom limb syndrome? Now, phantom limb syndrome occurs when someone, for whatever reason, has a limb amputated. You know, they, they talk about feeling hot or cold or the, the limb itches or their, you know, if it's their, their leg or their foot, they, they feel their toes itch or, you know, they have some type, of sens- some type of sensation even though the limb isn't there. So you know what's going on? I'll tell you exactly what's going on. You can cut the body off, but the soul's still there. I mean, how else do you explain the thing? The soul's still there. John said, I see the souls. There's a biblical explanation for for everything, and that one, to me, is pretty clear. I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. Now, it's interesting to notice what they're slain for. They're slain for the word of God. So, in other words, it's becoming more and more that way, you know. The, the criteria is the word of God. Amen? You see the hatred in the world today is against that book. It's against the book. And it's incredible. It's incredible 
how much hatred has crept into so-called Bible-believing fundamental churches against that book. I never cease to be amazed at how many preachers and church members hate the book. And that's why you can sense almost immediately when you're in church, you know, if you ask them to look up more than three verses of Scripture, they, they start to feel a little put out about the whole thing, you know? Now, they may not hate the book, but they don't love the book. And if you love the book, you love to see what the book says. You know, someone says, you know, I'm going to show you something in the book you may never have seen before. Your ears perk up, don't they? I mean, mine do. I get excited about that. Man, I can't wait. What is it? You know, what is it? Oh, yeah, where, where is it? You know, uh, you, know you, you, you tend to develop a love for the book. Now, there'll be some folks in the tribulation that'll love the book and it'll cost them their life. And honestly, it could very well be that it may cost some of us our lives before the rapture. Just because this is going to happen after the rapture in, in the tribulation is no guarantee that some folks won't lose their, lose their lives for the same reason before. There's no reason whatsoever. Now, at the very least, if the Lord tarries for another six or seven years or, or maybe ten at the most, if they're not killing people for, the, for loving the book, and, and they have in many parts of the world regularly and consistently for years, you know, I'm speaking primarily in an American context, if they're not killing us within the next 10 years for loving the book, they'll be putting you away for loving the book. And here's how they'll go about it. They'll get a psychiatrist to declare you to be a social deviant and you know dangerous to society, and they'll lock you up in an institution. Did you ever notice how trials go in America today? A psychiatrist's testimony is like the fourth member of the Trinity. Did you ever notice that? I mean, a lot of times the whole thing hinges on what the psychiatrist has to say. And about 99.9% .9 of psychiatrists in America are about as liberal or about as humanistic as you can get. And they have absolutely no regard. In, in fact, they have a livid hatred for that book. So there you go. There's going to come a time where you won't be able to get a job in this country if you love that book. It's wild. It's wild. All right, now, the ultimate is released in the tribulation. What's the problem? The word of God and for the testimony which they held. Well, what's their testimony? Well, their testimony is based on the word of God. Their testimony is, this is what I learned from the book, and this is what God's done for me. All right, so these martyred saints are calling for vengeance. And verse 11 and white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. All right, now God's holding them off. He's saying, not yet, not yet. He says, more of the brethren will be slain. And we see other slain saints in Revelation 12, Revelation 14, and Revelation chapter 20. Lots of saints are getting slaughtered in the tribulation. Among them is Moses and Elijah, the two witnesses. Now, I don't want to take time to dwell on that because we're going to study them in Revelation chapter 11. But among those slaughtered saints will be Moses and Elijah. And Revelation 20 verse 4 indicates these tribulation martyrs will be resurrected to reign during the millennium. So basically, 
salvation involves one of two things in the tribulation. Now, remember, in the opening segment of the show, I told you that when the church age ends and the church is raptured out, taken out of here, the dispensation changes, and it goes from uh, grace-based salvation to a faith and works salvation. So basically, salvation involves one of two things in the tribulation. The first ingredient is faith. But then the second ingredient, you see in the example uh, in the book of James, uh, in the book of James uh, is Abraham. And Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. So believing in, believing in faith is ingredient number one. You know, that's where they get their imputed righteousness. But they get their justification by works, just like Abraham did. He got his justification in Genesis chapter 22. He got his imputed righteousness in Genesis chapter 15. You, if you're saved today, if you are born again today, you got your imputed righteousness and justification all at the same time. That's Romans chapter 3 and 4. Now, if that's a little bit heavy for you, just write it all down and, and chew on it. Download the episode when it comes out as the podcast version and listen to it again. If you have any questions about it, email me. So the tribulation saint, he's going to have to believe God and it'll be counted unto him for righteousness. Then he's going to be justified by his works, which will be one of two things. Either he'll be martyred or he'll endure unto the end that he might be saved. And of course, part of that enduring is not taking the mark, not caving in, not taking the mark, being constantly threatened with annihilation, starvation, martyrdom, and so on. And you know something? Think about it. During this pandemic, with all the lockdowns and the vaccination uh, uh, requirements and such, what were they doing? What were they doing? They were saying that you should be killed, that you should be put in camps, right? Threatened, basically, with annihilation, saying that you shouldn't be allowed to go, go, go to the store to get food, so starvation, right? It's a picture of what's to come. Think about it. Think about it. So that's life in the tribulation. Isn't it glorious? And if you're saved, aren't you glad you're saved? And if you're not saved, you need to get saved. Works and belief. Well, actually, it's the other way around. It's belief and works. And that's it. Now, why is that it? A lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people don't. You know, you look at the thing dispensationally and they say, well, why is that? Well, it's, it's kingdom of heaven preaching. They revert back to the gospel of the kingdom in the tribulation. And you see, the tribulation saint is not part of the body of Christ. He is part, Galatians says, of the family of God. But you know, there's lots of people in a family, but they're not the bride. Amen? Every saint is part of the family of God. Old Testament, before the law, after the law, New, New Testament, tribulation, millennial, 
Every saint is part of the family of God, but they're not all part of the body of Christ. All right, and sorting that out helps you understand a lot of truth. All right, verse 12. And I beheld when he opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. All right, so we have the four horsemen. Then we have the, these martyred saints speaking of the fifth seal. All right, then we have the sixth seal that deals with unusual phenomena in nature and, and, and you know, crashing down upon the earth. Now, this parallels a lot of Scripture in your Bible. Look over in Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21. All right, verse 16. Luke 21, verse 16. Well, you know, verse 16 and, and down on through here talks a lot about, you know, uh, the parallels in Matthew 24. So let's pick it up in verse 25, actually. All right, Luke 21, verse 20, Luke 21, verse 25. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's heart failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. All right, Jesus warned of those same events, and then he's just giving us a little better insight into them in Revelation chapter 6. So let's consider the things for a moment. A great earthquake. Now, as you go through the book of Revelation, there are several earthquakes. You find it in Revelation chapter 6, verse 12, chapter 11, verse 13, and chapter 16, verses 18 and 19. Jesus talked about earthquakes in Luke. He talked about earthquakes in Matthew 24. And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. Now, you know, Joel 2 forecast those things as to exactly what the cause of all that. Um, uh, you know, we could speculate about what the cause of it all was, and it's been speculated that it's everything, you know, uh, nuclear explosions to, you know, uh, to the spec, to, you know, it, it just goes on and on and on. I don't know what's going to cause it. I don't know what's going to cause it. I just know that it's going to happen. And I know that it's going to be a real grim affair. Now, if you get the sun black as sackcloth, I don't know what it's going to do, but I know it's going to do something strange. It's going to have some real strange effects on the world. You get the moon to become as blood, you're going to get some strange effects too. Something really weird is going on out there in the atmosphere. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. Now, we've remarked on that before as well. You know, briefly, you know, these may not be literal stars. These may be fallen angelic creatures. You know, you have, for as in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And prior to the flood, in Genesis chapter 6, you have the sons of God. That is, fallen angelic creatures coming into the daughters of men. So in other words, you had kind of an outer space, you know, fallen angelic kind of creatures coming down to earth. 
And you have the same thing forecast in the tribulation, undoubtedly. For as in the days of Noah, for as in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Now, a star in your Bible is not always a star, as you think of a star up in space. Because in Revelation chapter 9, a star is an angel. He has a personality. He's given a key to the bottomless pit. In Job, stars sing. In Judges, stars fight. Over and over and over again, you know, we see stars live in Hollywood, right? Uh, in Los Angeles, the city of angels, etc. So you've got a third part of the stars falling unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. All right, in other words, it's unexpected. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it's rolled together. So the heaven itself, like a scroll, you know, uh, you roll the thing out and then you let it go. You let it go and it kind of rolls back up again. You like it snaps right back. Now, I don't know exactly what it describes, uh, except all kinds of chaotic conditions out there in the atmosphere. And every mountain and island were moved out of their places. So that's probably due to this long series of phenomenal earthquakes. It would, it would just be a guess. You know, um, all the mountains and islands are moved out of their places. Now, isn't this interesting? You know, um, you know, the world wants to rock and roll, right? And the Lord says, okay, that'll be fine. You know, I'll just beat out the tune. Let's rock and roll to this, children. Amen? You know, the Bible calls it reeling to and fro. You remember that earthquake that took place in Indonesia a few years back? Well, you know, it's, you know, scientific, scientifically uh, speaking, uh, uh, they've been able to demonstrate that uh, some of the islands in that area actually moved because of that earthquake. Reeling to and fro. So these are all tribulation phenomena. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and the rocks of the mountains. So no one is completely insulated from this activity. It has some kind of an effect on everybody. Notice it. Kings and great men, chief captains, mighty men, bondmen, free men, and so on and so forth. Verse 16, and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Now, some have suggested that all of this activity is due to nuclear explosions and so on and so forth. But, you know, honestly, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Because when you get down to verse 16, there seems to be an innate recognition from those running from God about whose wrath it is that they're actually running from. You see, hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Now, you get in, in a very unique and unusual kind of mentality when you get in a place where, you know, they know who's judging them and, and, and why they're being judged, and they fail to repent. But then, you know, you've dealt with people undoubtedly that, that, would, that would come to terms in some degree with the idea of God and God's judgment and, and do the same thing. Amen? They would fail to repent. So as the human heart goes on and on, it gets more calloused and more hardened. And, you know, of course, the devil has been very adept at orchestrating this whole thing 
where our children today as a nation and in the world have become calloused, calloused very early. You know, you hear third grade kids, second grade kids using words that, you know, you had to get to the top end of the high school, you know, of high school year to, to hear 30, 40 years ago. You know, it's a very difficult situation. It really is. All right, verse 17. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who shall be able to stand? So there seems to be a certain kind of recognition on, part, on the part of the unsaved, you know, um, unregenerate mankind that they're enduring the wrath of God. They're, they're recognizing that. And there's still a failure to repent at least on, on the part of the masses. Now, Lord willing, next week, in the next chapter, it's a parenthetical chapter. So uh, it wouldn't hurt to read ahead and get a little bit of an idea of where we're going to be going before we get there. Amen? And when you do, I want you to notice chapter 8 and verse 1. Chapter 8 and verse 1, when, and when he had opened the seventh seal. So you have to go to chapter 8, to get the seventh seal. We just read about the sixth seal. So all of chapter seven is a different subject. It's, it's a parenthetic. It's what we call a parenthetical chapter. And this happens actually several times in the book of Revelation. So in other words, you know, God's walking along on a subject and all of a sudden he sticks a parenthesis in there and he addresses a different subject that, you know, kind of has something to do with what he's talking about, but yet it has some, you know, different ingredients to it. And then... When we get back to chapter 8, he hits the seventh seal. And we'll be coming to that in some future episodes. But in the meantime, we have finished Revelation chapter 6. Now, Lord willing, next week we'll be getting into Revelation chapter 7, and I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a great study. And uh, folks, I just want to say thank you so very much to every one of you for tuning in to the show tonight. Uh, for uh, going through Revelation with us. It's been a real blessing, and it's been a real challenge as well. Uh, so I hope you're getting a blessing from it, and uh, you know, Lord willing, we'll be able to continue on with this. So thanks again, folks, for tuning in. Head on over to swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Head over to our contact section. Send us over a message. Let us know whatever you're thinking, any comments or questions that you might have. Also, look for that Support This Podcast button, and if you can, help us out with a monthly contribution or a one-time contribution. Folks, Lord willing, we'll see you on Palm Sunday, this coming Sunday. And until then, win the loss, no matter the cost. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day.